Hello everyone, happy Wednesday. I hope you guys are having a great week so far. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. If you are returning, welcome back. Today's case is one that needs as much recognition as possible. All cases that I cover do, but right now the one that we are talking about today is an active investigation. Stephanie is still out there new updates are constantly happening. So by the time you hear this, there may have been things that have already happened that I haven't gotten to or that I don't get to in this episode because they haven't happened yet when I am filming this. So maybe we do a follow-up episode. It really just depends how this all pans out, but I did want to get this case out there. That way we could really spread awareness on bringing Stephanie home. So today we are talking about the unsolved case of Stephanie Parze. I believe that is how you say her last name. If it is not, I apologize. So Stephanie Parze is a 25-year-old woman from Freehold Township, New Jersey. Stephanie was last seen on October 30th of this year, so less than a month ago. To give you a description of Stephanie, she is 4'11 and about 115 pounds. She has brown hair, brown eyes, and she was last seen wearing blue jeans, a burgundy v-neck shirt, and a burgundy sweater. Like I said, Stephanie is 25 years old and she works as a nanny as well as a beautician. She is really great with makeup. She graduated high school in 2012 and then went on to study cosmetology and art afterward. So let's circle back to the night of October 30th. So on this specific night, Stephanie had been spending time with her family and her friends. She had gone to a psychic medium show. The show took place at a comedy club. It is called The Stress Factory Comedy Club and it is located in New Brunswick. And afterwards, she drove her parents home. So she had carpooled with her parents to the comedy club and then she drove back to her parents' house to drop them off and then started her drive home at about 10.30 p.m. The drive from Stephanie's parents' house to her house isn't really far. They live about seven miles away from each other, so it doesn't take her too long to get from her house to her parents' house, and her mom said that when Stephanie left, she told Stephanie to text her when she got home. Instead, though, Stephanie ended up Snapchatting her mom a picture of herself driving home instead of texting her, and that is the last time anyone has spoken to Stephanie since. The following day was a Thursday. It was Halloween, and Stephanie's parents still had hadn't heard from Stephanie and they said that that was really unlike her. Her parents, Edward and Charlene, said that they're the type of family that is always in constant communication. Stephanie would never do anything without telling them what she was doing first. So when they didn't get a text from Stephanie the following day, Charlene and Edward decided that they were going to drive over to Stephanie's house to see if she was there. They drove over there in the morning hours, and once they passed her house, they saw that her car was in the driveway. And once they saw that, they thought, oh, maybe she just slept in, and they thought that everything was fine, so that is when they turned around and went home. So they went home with the assumption that Stephanie was just sleeping in a little bit later than usual. But as the day continued to pass, and it started getting later and later, Stephanie's parents grew more and more worried. They ended up driving back to Stephanie's house later that night after still not hearing from her at all throughout the day, and they actually went into her house this time, and once they went in, they saw that everything looked pretty normal. There was nothing out of place. It didn't look like something terribly bad had happened in there. By that, I mean like no forced entry, no robbery, nothing like that. Everything was perfectly in place, but Stephanie was nowhere to be found. So what Charlene 
Colleen actually did is she did the Find My Phone app, which I'm sure you guys have heard if you have an iPhone, someone can ping your phone and it'll show the location of where your phone is at. A lot of parents do this to their kids to keep track of their kids. A lot of people do it in general to not lose their phone. It really is a helpful app. So Charlene ended up doing that in hopes to find Stephanie's phone in hopes to figure out where Stephanie could be. And when they did that, they were still at Stephanie's house and the phone actually pinged and started ringing and it was in Stephanie's like couch cushion in between the couch cushion so they pulled out the phone and that's when they saw that she had a text from her employer which said that she was supposed to come into work today but she didn't show up and so her employer was basically saying where are you and that is when Charlene knew something was very very wrong not only is Stephanie the type of person where she would never leave her phone behind she would also never miss work So with all of this happening, this is when Charlene and Edward decided it was time to call the police and file a missing persons report. So pretty immediately after the missing persons report was filed, search parties began to start. There was one search party that happened and over 170 law enforcement officials attended that search party and it was in the 115 acre Long Island Pond Park and that is at the southern end of Staten Island. Police brought in search dogs. They searched for hours, but even with all of their searching, they were still unable to find any sign of Stephanie. Police have also searched Staten Island multiple different times, as well as the family has also set up multiple search parties on their own, and they have searched the Freehold, New Jersey area. So police started looking into Stephanie's life, and they were able to figure out that Stephanie had an on-again, off-again relationship with a man named John Osbligen, I believe is how you say his last name. Actually, no, I don't believe that's how you say his last name. If I'm mispronouncing it, I am sorry, but John is a 29-year-old man, and I was able to find both Stephanie and John on Facebook. And although I wasn't able to find anything as far as when they met or how they met, I do know that their relationship became Facebook official on August 19th of 2019, so this year. However, both of their relationship statuses on Facebook are currently single. And Stephanie's father, Edward, had said that he'd met John a couple times here and there, but he didn't think that their relationship was anything super serious. Police figured out by looking into Stephanie's phone that the night that Stephanie disappeared, John had sent her a rampage of nine to 10 angry text messages. These messages included cursing Stephanie out and also saying things along the lines of, why do you always have to make our relationship suck? Something else to note about John is that Stephanie had actually filed a domestic violence complaint against him in September. And Stephanie was not the only one. John also had two other domestic violence charges against him. However, the first first one that he was charged with, the victim ended up dropping the charge. So it just kind of went away. And then there was one more and he does have a restraining order against him by someone that he used to date in New York City. And that's really all the information I was able to find on that. John was also arrested in 2010 for drug possession. So he did have a little bit of a record on him. Police were able to get a search warrant for John's phone. And when that happened, they discovered multiple pictures and 
significant evidence of child pornography. So because of that, police were able to arrest him on the child pornography charges. But then on November 19th, he got released after being in jail for 11 days on the child pornography charges. John claimed that he was completely innocent of that, which is probably not true. I don't really even know what you could say in that situation to make it seem like you're innocent in that scenario. But anyways, so even though he was arrested for the child pornography charges, John was never arrested for Stephanie's disappearance, although he was looked at as a person of interest. So recently, there was a big twist in this story that occurred this past Friday, November 22nd, because John was found dead in the garage of his family home. He had committed suicide by hanging himself. His parents were the ones who found him, and they immediately called the police, and the police rushed over, but they were unable to revive him, so he did end up passing away. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Welcome to the Magical Overthinkers podcast, a show for thought spiralers, exploring the subjects we can't stop overthinking about, from celebrity worship to social media comparison. I'm your host, Amanda Montel. I am a textbook overthinker. I'm also an author and the host of the podcast, Sounds Like a Cult. Every other Wednesday on the Magical Overthinkers podcast, I'll interview a charismatic expert guest about some confounding subject from the zeitgeist. Think narcissism, imposter syndrome, syndrome, girl math. If you're like me and feel like the volume in your brain is just way too high sometimes, my hope is for this show to make some sense of the senseless. Listen to Magical Overthinkers now, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you guys, welcome back. According to a neighbor of John's family, they say that right after Stephanie disappeared, the police approached them and asked to see the neighbor's surveillance footage of the outside of their house. That way they could possibly track when and if John had left the house the night of Stephanie's disappearance. Here's the thing about this case, because it is so new, the police have been very hesitant to release a lot of information on it thus far. And so because of that, we do not know if John had an alibi for the night of October 30th, if he said he was with Stephanie, if he wasn't with Stephanie and said he was somewhere else, we really don't know that. However, I did find one source that said that when John spoke to the police, they saw that he had scratch marks on his neck. So here's what we know about the Thursday, the 31st of November, and that is the night before John had committed suicide. So what we know is that John met with his lawyer named Robert Honecker in relations to the child pornography case, and John adamantly denied throughout that entire meeting 
stating that he had any wrongdoing. He said that he was completely innocent of this. And at about midnight, John spoke with his parents and then that was the end of it. Robert said that nothing appeared odd or out of the ordinary or like something was going to happen, but police have come out and said that they don't believe that there was any other parties involved in John's death and that it was a suicide. I do want to mention something else because John was apparently a part of a Facebook group and this private Facebook group is called My Couch Pulls Out But I Don't. So super classy, but there have been multiple posts made by John into this Facebook group. However, the one that I found the most alarming is on the night of Stephanie's disappearance at about 11 o'clock p.m., John had posted screenshots of text messages into this private group with the caption, how selfish is this girl? I do want to point out that it is unclear and it was never stated if it was Stephanie and John that were having the text exchange or if it was just like a random screenshot shot that he had found on like Instagram or Facebook or something and just felt the need to share it. But basically to sum it up, the text messages are about someone who says that they want to come over for a late night hookup and the other person says that they don't want to because they're tired. And then the other person says that they don't have to hook up. But then the person who's tired says, you always want something out of it that pleases you, meaning sexually. And the other person says, so, as in like, so what? And that is when the other person responds exactly very passive aggressively. Now, who knows if this text message was between Stephanie and John, but regardless, I think that the caption, how selfish is this girl? And considering the context of the text messages, it really does seem to speak a lot to John's character. I do want to circle back around and talk for a second about how Stephanie's home was found when her parents went to check on her. Like I said earlier, her parents had found her cell phone and there didn't seem to be any, you know, disruption in the home, but Stephanie's car was also in the driveway. So whether someone came and picked her up or she walked somewhere, which I am assuming is highly unlikely considering it was probably very cold that night in New Jersey and the winter is pretty cold. So it does kind of make you question who she could have met up with that night. No one believes that this is a runaway situation that Stephanie decided to just get up and leave and police are positive that that's not the case in this situation either, which then again just leads you back around to the question of who did she meet up with that night? She had to have seen someone. The fact that her car was in the driveway and her home was in pretty good shape makes at least me believe that whoever she saw that night was someone she felt comfortable around or at least was familiar with. Stephanie also has a dog that was found just running around in her apartment when her parents went over to check on her. So she really did leave everything behind. Her phone, her car, her dog, her purse, her wallet, everything was found in her apartment. So there are several options here. The first option is that someone had came over to her place. The second option is that someone came over and she met them outside and got in their car. But again, if her phone was found in her apartment, it kind of at least leads me to believe that it's more so the first option because she's probably not going out and just getting in someone's car without her phone, her purse, her wallet, all of those things that she would need if she was planning on leaving somewhere. As far as what the general consensus is when it comes to who people believe that Stephanie met up with on October 30th, everyone is pretty certain that it was John that Stephanie had met up with that night. Does that mean 100% that we know for a fact that she met up with John that night? No. 
But are there a lot of signs that are pointing to the two of them getting together that night? Yes, absolutely. Once the police release the information, if they ever release the information about John's whereabouts that night, I think that that is key in this whole thing is figuring out where John was this specific night. And now that he's gone, it's even harder to get those answers because he isn't here to answer any of those questions. The fact that he has a track record of domestic violence and his other track records of drug possession and child pornography, it does make you question 100% is he responsible for this? And most people believe the answer to that question is yes. And a lot of people think that this whole case isn't a matter of who did it, it's just a matter of where is Stephanie because everyone in their mind has kind of made up the idea that John did do this. If you go on to John's Facebook page, so many of the comments are just completely destroying him and accusing him of being responsible for Stephanie's disappearance. But honestly, you guys, that really is all of the information that we have to go off of right now, which is crazy if you think about it because I know it doesn't feel like a lot and that's because it isn't a lot. But the police are doing their own investigation and the reason why I really wanted to cover this is because I think right now it is so crucial to spread as much awareness on this case as possible. Maybe someone saw Stephanie that night with someone or maybe someone knows something. Maybe someone doesn't even know that they know something, you know? This happens a lot. People have crucial pieces of information that they don't end up sharing just because they don't think it's important enough. But even if you don't think it's important enough, it is so important to say something. Stephanie's family is really, really hopeful that Stephanie will be found alive, but time is ticking for her to be found. Stephanie's family is constantly doing search parties. I believe that they did one actually just yesterday. And if you are 18 years of older and in the New Jersey area, then I highly, highly recommend that you go and join the search parties if that is something that you're interested in, if you're interested in this case at all, if you're interested in finding answers, share this story as much as you possibly can. And be so careful, you guys. I think that this case is such a prime example of be careful of who you're getting in relationships with. It's so important to be smart and be safe. Always tell someone when you're going somewhere. Always tell someone if you're meeting up with someone, even if you think it's dumb. I promise you it's not. Write a note in your phone. Do something to track where you are. I know that no one really likes to think like that because a lot of people just like to think that they know the people that they're surrounding themselves with, but the honest to God truth is sometimes the people that you think you know the best have the darkest secrets, and that is why it is so important to stay so, so safe. With that being said, you guys, that is all from me today. I know it was kind of a shorter one today, but I think that it's so important to get this case out there and spread the awareness for Stephanie that way that she can be found as soon as possible. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah. I am your host on Killer Instinct. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We post episodes every Wednesday here and you are not going to want to miss it. So make sure you are subscribed so you always get that notification. And with that being said, that is all for me today, you guys. Have a good rest of your week. I will see you next week. And until then, stay safe.